Okay. Uh, we're going we're to look at Esther right here, but let me, let me just uh, show you this like the front of your Bible here, just a moment here. Oh, uh, See where Esther is right here? It's, of course, it's right before Job, right before the book of Psalms. And let me scroll down just a little bit here, scroll up actually. This is the, the engineering of your Bible is just really, it's, it's just perfect. Okay, anyway, oh, you can't see, but that's Joshua right there. Above Joshua, is, remember, you've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Okay, and that's history. Okay, that's, I mean, it, it starts at day one. The Bible is going to be so wrong if they're wrong, but they're not. God is going to be so wrong if he's wrong, but he's not. He is vehement about who created the earth. He did. He didn't need evolution. Law of thermodynamics, they try to say, well, it, it, God could have used it. It's degrading. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. There's nothing evolving getting better. Well, we claim it is in the textbooks and in college classes, and, but proof is it's not. It's not. But anyway. So this is history, according to the scriptures, and, according, and we believe the scripture. I do. I believe the Bible. I mean, because this stuff is just completely wild if it's not. But boy, it tracks. That's the reason names and places. This is a woman's name. Okay. All right. Anyway, so here you go. You got the book of Judges. Joshua, they conquered the promised land. The book of Judges, it fell down because why? They worshiped idols. Oh, boy. Anyway, Ruth, a little small book. That's about a woman, okay? She's actually grand, grandmother to King David. That's the reason that little story. And it's a story. It's not a mythological. It's a story. First Samuel, all about basically, well, a little bit about King Saul. And then it's all David, okay? Anyway, this is the same. This is basically all King David, King David. And then notice this, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. Where's 3 Kings? There weren't no more. <laughs> they lost their... Alabama went out of business. Alabama was taken over by the Indians, uh, if that could happen. That's basically what happened. Israel lost their country. Recap, same thing. 1 Kings, 2 Kings is volumes. And boy, they kept the details... Remember, the third king was the most famous of all kings in all history, the wisest and the richest, Solomon. Going to be hard to prove that's a myth. Oh, Solomon, <laughs> it was a myth. Uh, wasn't no myth. Man, he was there. Chronicles is the same. These overlap. Actually, from actually, no, it's going to be the latter part of 2 Samuel. These are all going to overlap. Somebody kept some great history, kept the stories just wonderfully straight. It wasn't one writer, several writers. They're historians. Okay. So at the end of Chronicles or at the end of Kings, Nebuchadnezzar has taken over and then all of a sudden it's gone. And the next book is Ezra. Well, that's when by edict of the king of the... Uh, the of uh, Persia, uh, the Medes, and whatever, after Hezekiah had passed away, been 75 years, they all came back. Anyway, this guy here is a mayor. He was cupbearer. He was just a cupbearer to the king of Persia, whatever his name was, it tells you at the start. And he wanted to go back, and the king and the queen said, well, how long are we going to be gone? <laughs> he said, well, i got to help rebuild the walls, and because they, they missed him. Can you imagine that? That's how much favor we have. Now, I'm building this up because we're going to look at this book right here. So this is all during this time frame. So here we are, a book called Esther. And uh, 
Watch how the Lord takes care of you. Okay, so here we are. It was the third year of the reign of King Horasserus, uh, emperor of the vast Median Persia, with its 127 provinces stretching from India and Ethiopia. Okay, let's get a little piece of this. Uh, this same king is mentioned in, uh, he's mentioned in Ezra uh, chapter 4. We're not going to go look at it, but I, wanna, I do want to point out this. Notice there's 127 provinces. Let's go to show you the time frame here. Uh, Daniel. Look at that. Darius divided the kingdom in 120 under each governor. The governors were, this is Daniel 6. They were accountable to three presidents. Daniel was one of them. So the king could administer the kingdom. Daniel proved himself more capable. This is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Okay. Anyway, the king was thinking about placing him over the whole entire place. Boy, this made these guys very jealous. Daniel in the lion's den. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's where that story comes from. Now, Let's go back here to uh, where we were in Esther. So they were only away from Jerusalem for 75 years. So Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, that was in that time frame. Uh, and here we are. Now watch this. <clears throat> in the third year of the reign of this King Ahaz, we'll call him, Ahasuerus, and he was the, uh, 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 anyway, he was the king of the Median Persia, 127 prophets. The year was a great celebration. This was the year of the great celebration of Shushan Palace. Now, that's not a biblical celebration. That's the Medes and the Persians, okay? And you can't sit there and go, well, I know such thing as Medes and Persians. Yes, they were. You study history. Right after all this became what? The Roman Empire, whatever. Okay, whatever. The Greeks and the Romans. This celebration to which the emperor invited all his governors, aides, army officers, bringing them all in every part of Persia for the occasion. So this was just a backyard. And it was no, this was the whole known world. This is vast. Celebration lasted six months. Gee whiz. A tremendous display of wealth and glory of his empire. All right. When it was all over, the king gave a special party. For his servants, officials, janitors, cabinet officials, seven days of reverie held in the courtyard of the palace garden. The decorations were, look, look how much details we have. All right, man, there's green and silver and all this stuff. Okay, gold benches stood in the pavements, red, white, black, yellow, marble. Drinks were served in gold goblets, many designs, and there were abundance of royal wine. Huh. The king was feeling very generous. David did the same thing. King David did. And it would be about 500 years prior to this, maybe 600. The only restriction on the drinking was that no one should be compelled to take more than he wanted. Now, you know, this is not scriptural. This is in the scriptures. This is not, well, okay, nobody take it. This is history, okay? This is history. Those who wished could have as much as they wanted, for the king had instructed his officers to let everybody decide for himself. Now, this is history. There's his queen, Queen Vashti gave a party for the women at the palace. On the final day, the king was feeling high, half drunk from wine. Now remember, he is not a Jew. He is the ruler of the world. The Jewish empire was gone. Okay. Boy, he was drunk. Seven eunuchs were his personal aides. Me, human, whatever, what a name is. Bisla, Harbona, these, anyway, these guys. Carcass, how'd you like to be, your name be called Carcass? <laughs> Get your carcass over here. <laughs> God. Okay. And anyway, they said, hey, go bring Queen Vashti to the, uh, and, and, uh, with her royal crown so that all the men can gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. Yeah, you know, I tell you, you know, if, if we stick to the scriptures, now I know this is history too, 
But God doesn't back off from telling us that women are pretty, you know. I mean, he doesn't. It's just sometimes we lose touch and we think, you know, God's just wanting us to be just, in other words, holy is not to recognize that, you know. No, that's not true. This, this book is about Esther, and guess what? She's going to replace this woman here, and it's because of her beauty. Now, where did that beauty come from? She evolved. Oh, no, she didn't. She was made in the image of God. Anyway, oh, this woman refused to come. Uh-oh, the king was furious. But he consulted his lawyers, for he did nothing without their advice. And they were men of wisdom who knew the temper of the times and whatever and how this was going to fall out. And the Persian law and justice, and the king trusted their judgment. These men were, again, why do we have these names? That's the reason you can see the authenticity of uh, this book. <clears throat> anyway, I mean, they're setting them up for some big lies. All you got to do is go, ha, they never existed, but you find out, uh-oh, they did. Okay. These were his personal friends as well as the chief officers of the government. What are we going to do about this, he said. What is the penalty of the law to provide for a queen who doesn't obey the king's orders, properly sent through his aides? Well, they said, hmm, this guy... Mimukin, whatever, he answered and said, well, hey, Queen Vashti's wronged not only the king, but every off official and citizen in your empire. For women everywhere will begin to disobey their husbands when they learn what Vashti's done. Yeah, wow. Okay. And before this day is out, every wife of one of our, of, of every one of our wives throughout the entire kingdom will hear what the queen did. And they'll start talking to us husbands the same way. They'll be content. Well, you know what's going on. So here's what we say you do. Subject to your agreement, hey, issue a royal edict, a law of the Medes and the Persians that can never be changed. Now, remember, the time frame, that's the same thing when they trapped Darius. Let's say if anybody bows to another, to another god, you know, uh, it's the law of the Medes and the Persians. Persians. Well, that was Daniel, see? Time frame, Daniel. And they're not, Daniel, remember he opened his window and he prayed toward Jerusalem. He didn't even live near Jerusalem. He was, he was basically, he was in Babylon, whatever. 200, 300 miles to the northeast of, uh, of Jerusalem. They were all captives. Anyway, so you just say, look, Queen Vashti is going to be banished forever from your presence. And you choose another queen more worthy. So this decree was published throughout your great kingdom. Uh, no, when it's done, no matter what, their wives are going to respect them. Okay, we got that. All right. The king and his aides thought this made sense, so he followed this guy's counsel, and he sent letters out of all his provinces. How many were there? Two? No, 120. It's the whole, it's the whole world at the time, the known world, whatever, in that region. Okay, so here we go. Well, look what happens next. All part of life. Well, after King Ahasuerus, anger cooled, he began brooding over, <laughs> he's missing his woman now. He's going, ah, oh, wasn't such a smart idea. He must have been in love. All right. Realizing he'd never see her again. Oh, well. So his age suggested, let's go out and find the most beautiful girls in the empire and bring them to the king for his pleasure. We'll appoint agents in each province, select young lovelies. Wow. For the royal harem. Wow. So this guy, we'll just call him uh, Howard. He was Hey Guy, whatever his name, the eunuch in charge. He will see to it that they're given beauty treatments. Well, what do you know? And after that, the girl who pleases you the most will be queen instead of Ashti. Now remember, we're heading toward Esther. So God's going to get involved here. So there's nothing wrong with beauty treatments. Anyway. Beauty's something in the Bible concerning women, I, t I tell you. 
You can't read the, read the Song of Solomon without realizing you know, these women are pretty. Anyway, this suggestion naturally pleased the king. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, okay, buddy. All right. Hey, here comes somebody. Now, there was a certain Jew at the palace named, here he is, Mordecai. Now, watch the history. Remember, they've all been exiled. Mordecai, the son of this guy and this guy and this guy, Kish of Benjamin. Hey, a Benjamite. Okay, so we know that. He had been captured when Jerusalem was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar. And had been exiled where? Babylon. Where with King Jeconiah and many others. That was one of the last kings, but Nebuchadnezzar said, you will come live with me. You know, They set up King Zedekiah. You can read that yourself. This man had a beautiful and lovely young, she's cousin. Okay. Reason she's cousin, probably her parents got killed when Jerusalem got wiped out. Lovely. Not one of those will do. Well, she's, she's, got, she's got beautiful eyes, good personality. No, she was lovely. Okay. All right. Uh, anyway, Hadassah, um, also called Esther, that was her name. Her father and mother were dead. Of, uh, and anyway, so Mordecai adopted them and raised them as his own. Okay. So now the king's, uh, as a result of the decree, Esther was brought to the king's harem at Shushan Palace along with the other young girls. All right, Howard, will say, was responsible for the harem, was very much impressed with her and did his best to make her happy. Do you see favor happening here? Wow. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, he gave her a special menu, favored her for the beauty treatments, gave her seven girls as palace, from the palace as her maids, gave her the most luxurious apartment. I, you know, if I was depressed and I'm reading this, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing here? This Praise the Lord. Where's my worries at? God will... Anyways, keep reading. Esther hadn't told anybody she was a Jew. Mordecai said, don't tell them. Now remember, they're exiled. They lost everything. He came daily to the court harem to ask about Esther to find out what was happening to her. Remember, he's uncle. Uncle Mordecai. All right. Instructions concerning these girls were that before being taken to the king's bed, now a little X-rated here, but I, all right, we can do this. Each would be given six months of beauty treatments of this, 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 special perfumes. Or each girl's turn came to spend the night with the king. She was given her choice of clothing, jewelry she wished to enhance her beauty. She was taken to the king's apartment evening and morning. You say, well, where, Richard, where are we going? All Jews in this whole Known world were fixing to be laid out for execution. It was going to be worse than, you know, you could say the Holocaust. And all this stuff is, it, it, praise the Lord. You and I are in here. I mean, you talk about being rescued from whatever problem. I want you to see how this happens. Anyway, so anyway, so she gets in there with the king there. Anyway, so the, uh, they were in the evening and morning and returned to the second harem where the king's wives lived. They were under the care of this Shazgaz, another king's eunuchs, and lived there the rest of her life, never seeing the king again unless he especially enjoyed her and called her by name. Okay, so now we got the history. When it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the king's, she accepted the advice of, we'll say, Howard, the eunuch in charge of the harem, dressing according to his instructions. All the other girls exclaimed with delight when they saw her. Esther was taken to the palace of the king in January the 7th year of his reign. 
fairy tales. No, it wasn't. They wrote this stuff down. Okay. Well, the king loved Esther more than any other girl. Wow. So he was delighted with her. So he set the royal crown on her head, declared her queen instead of Vashti. Wow. To celebrate the occasion. He threw, all right, he throws a party again. Another big party for the provinces, giving generous gifts to everyone, making grants to the provinces, uh, remission of taxes. Later, the king demanded a second group of beautiful girls. And by that time, look at that. Whoa! Mordecai! He's now a government official. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. They were, man, they got up the ladder so fast. Daniel chapter 1 says Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were found to be ten times wiser than anybody in the whole known world. Anyway, here it is. She didn't tell anybody she was a Jew, for she was still following. Oh, we already covered that, didn't we? Oh. Uh, Yeah, they're taking as slaves. They're slaves, so they're not getting persecuted much. They're slaves. Yep. Yep. See, remember, the Babylonian Empire was Nebuchadnezzar, and it already switched hands, and now it's the the Medes and the Persians, and then it's going to go to the Greek Empire. Okay, so anyway, uh, she was still... Where did I get to here? Okay, right there. Yeah, okay, later. Yeah, so the king won another round of beautiful women. Okay. And Mordecai is an official. Verse 20, Esther hadn't told anybody she was a Jew. She was still following Mordecai's orders just as she had when she was at his home. One day Mordecai was on duty. Two of the king's units, eunuchs, this big Than and Teresh, were guards at the palace gate. Now there's going to be a little bit of trouble going on here with um, um, Mordecai and another government official. But watch this. Two of the king's units, this guy, we'll call him Big Head and Ted, whatever. They were going to kill the king. They were on guard at the palace gate, and they got angry with the king. They plotted to assassinate him. Mordecai heard it, passed the information to Queen Esther, who told the king, crediting Mordecai with the information. And an investigation was made. Those two men were guilty, and boy, they got killed. Okay? What's that mean? Impaled a lot. Impaled, like, probably crucified. I think there's a note right there. Yeah, there's a note right here. Uh, Let's see what it says. Yeah, hanged on a tree, possibly meaning they were crucified. Now notice this. This was all duly recorded in the book of the history of King... That's the reason the Bible... Praise the Lord! These records that we have didn't just come from a funny book. Somebody had these records. Okay, here we go. Third chapter. Uh, Soon afterwards, King Ahasuerus appointed Haman... this is going to be a, he, notice what he is, a prime minister. We've seen that. We know oh, the prime ministers. We've got nations like uh, Great Britain. They have prime ministers, so we can understand this. He was the most powerful official in the empire next to the king. Now all the king's officials, they bowed down to him in deep reverence whenever he passed. For so the king had commanded. But Mordecai refused to bow. Now wait a minute. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't going to bow either. Daniel wasn't going to bow either. They done lost their whole nation. They've learned this thing. Okay. Mordecai wasn't going to bow either. Anyway, boy, this Haman got mad. Why are you disobeying the king's command? The others demanded day after day, but he still refused. Finally, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai could get away with it because of being a Jew was the excuse he'd given. Haman was furious, but decided not to lay hands on Mordecai alone but to move against all Mordecai's people, the Jews, and destroy all of them. Oh, my goodness. 
we would have been in that bunch. Oh no, you can just call that Christians. I'm going to kill all the Christians. Let me tell you, that threat's out there today. I mean, you got ISIS out there. They want to kill all of us. Yeah, but Richard, I'm just... What's the story? Don't even, don't even worry about that. Serve the Lord every day. God's going to keep you safe. The most propitious time for this action was determined by the throwing of dice. Okay. Uh, this was done in April in the 12th year of the reign of Ahasuerus, February following year. Okay, so wow. Anyway, Haman approached the king about this matter. He's going to get permission. There's a certain race of people scattered throughout the province of your kingdom. Their laws are different from ours. And they refuse to obey the king's laws. Therefore, not in the king's interest for them to live. If it please the king, issue a decree, and he's going to issue it. Remember, he doesn't know his queen, Esther, is a Jew. You issue a decree to be destroyed. Hey, I'll pay the $20 million into the royal treasury for the expenses for this purge. Boy, now that's Holocaust right there. Now remember, this is not Madison County or even just Alabama. This is United States. This is Europe. All of, and they don't have no email. Watch how this plays out. The king agreed, confirming his decision by removing his ring, giving it to Haman, telling him, keep the money. Go ahead. Do your best as you, do your best. Go ahead as you like with these people. Whatever you think is best. Excuse me. Two or three weeks later, Haman called the king's secretaries, dictated the letters, the fish throughout the empire to each province in its own language. These dialects were signed in the name of the king, sealed with his ring. Now look at this. This is interesting. They were then sent by messengers into the province of the empire, decreeing the Jews, young and old, women, children, all must be killed on the 28th day of February. Now I've got to speed ahead a little bit for time's sake, but at the end of this book, this is a Jewish holiday now. Why would you do that? To remind yourself about the salvation the Lord did to keep you safe. Praise God. Now, reading it. It's, just, it's so funny to find Christians today just worried about little silly problems. And you got a whole book talking about how God will keep you safe. Car wrecks, from murder, from whatever, plane crashes, from and amazing. So anyway, this they're all gonna be killed on February 28th. Wow, man. A copy of this edict, the letter stated, must be proclaimed as law in every province known to all your people, so they'll be ready on their duty. In other words, we're going to kill them all on that day. Okay. Notice this. The edict went out by the king's speediest couriers. Email. <laughs> there was no email. Uh, after being first proclaimed in the city of Shushan, the king and Haman sat down for a drinking spree. Okay, and boy, the city fell into confusion and panic. <gasps> Posted everywhere. Mordecai. He learned what had been done. He tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth and ashes. Went out in the city crying loud and bitter. He stood out in the gate palace for no one was permitted to enter in mourning clothes. Throughout all the prophecies, there was more. Oh, man. Man, everybody. Uh-oh. Esther's maids. She still doesn't know. And the eunuchs came and they told Mordecai. Well, excuse me. When Esther's maids and the eunuchs came and told her, her uncle, Mordecai, she was deeply distressed and sent him clothing to replace his sackcloth, but he refused it. Esther sent this guy, uh, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to her attendant, told him, go out and find out what's bothering Mordecai. So this guy goes out. Remember, <laughs> so they relay the story. The whole story from him about the 20 million. Hey, man, promised to pay the king's treasury. Okay, Mordecai gave a copy of the, notice he must have ripped one off a tree. He said, go give it to my cousin. 
showed it to Esther what was going to happen, and that she could. And he said, and he, her uncle said, "Hey, look, go before the king and plead for the people." Wow. So this guy goes back and he tells Esther, okay. Uh, he told her to go back and say to Mordecai, all the world knows that. Now look, she says, look, remember, there's a lot of women. I know I'll wear the crown, but there, he's already going for round two of some more good looking women. All the world knows, man, woman, whoever goes before the king's inner court without his summons is doomed to die unless the court holds, unless the king holds up his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come in more than a month. Uh oh. Little romance kind of going downhill now. <laughs> he ain't called for me in a month. All right. Anyway, so this Hathath gave Esther's message to Mordecai. This was Mordecai's reply. Mordecai said, look, if you're scared about dying, don't think you're going to escape this thing. You're dead too. And this is where that famous thing, and it's actually, she's persistent. She says, you, you get everybody to fast, and I'm going before the king, and if I die, I just die. But I'm going in there. So it's not like, well, I feel like I'm going to lose here. No, she said, if I perish, I perish. She was bold about it, and she was going to go in there. But she said, look, everybody pray. So that's what she does. Do you think you're going to escape the palace when all the other Jews are killed? If you keep quiet at a time like this, now look at this scripture. Oh, my goodness. God will deliver the Jews from some other source. It doesn't just hinge on one thing. Well, if I get something in the mailbox. It didn't come in the mailbox, I guess. Nah, the ravens can fly it in. Don't worry, God will get it to you. But anyway, Mordecai was strong about it. He says, look, you need to help out. Now, if you don't, God's going to fix it some other way. But see, what's more, what can you say that God's not brought you into this palace for such a time as this? Wow. Notice what Esther says. Esther says, well, you go gather all the Jews in town and fast for me. Don't drink. For three days and nights, don't eat either. I and my maids will do the same. And then though it's strictly forbidden, I'm going to go see the king. Look at that. And if I perish, I perish. <laughs> she was bold. She said, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going in there. Well, you know what happens. Let's watch it play out. So Mordecai did as he told him. Here we are. We're already in the fifth chapter. Three days later, she put on her royal robes and she entered the court just beyond the royal palace where the king was sitting. Uh-oh. When he saw the queen standing in the inner court, he welcomed her, holding up the golden scepter. Praise the Lord. Now, think about that being you. Oh, woo! <laughs> I got prayed. She was already having a fit right there. So she approached and touched the tip of his scepter. He said, what do you want, Queen Esther? Well, uh, he said, I'll give it to you even half my kingdom. Mm, praise the Lord. I just go forever on all this stuff. Praise the Lord. You know, you've got favor. I don't care what your request is. God created everything. He'll fix whatever you need. Get whatever you need. Esther replies, well, if it please your majesty, I want you and Haman. Remember, he was the one that wanted all Jews killed. To have a banquet prepared for you today. The king turned to his aides and says, tell Haman to hurry. And the king and Haman came to Esther's banquet. During the wine course... Well, now, she can't be a holy woman if she's doing that. Oh, please. We, 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 miss, we miss so much worrying about this stuff. <laughs> okay. Jesus can't be the Savior either. When he drank, man. Okay, anyway. Of course, the king said to Esther, now tell me what you want, and I'll give it to you. Even half the kingdom. He said it twice now. Esther says, well, <laughs> she's going to say, well, come eat dinner with me tomorrow night. So that's what she's going to do. My request, my deepest wish, is that if your majesty loves me, wants to grant me my request, you come again with Haman tomorrow. Uh, and I'll prepare for you 
and tomorrow I'll explain what this is all about. So we're going to have, uh, you know, country fried steak and whatever. Now look at this. What a happy man Haman was. Now remember, God doesn't forget who your enemies are. God had promised Abraham, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. Boy, I, remember no weapon formed against you prosper. Wow. What a happy man Haman was. But when he left the banquet, when he left the banquet, but when he saw Mordecai there, not standing up or trembling before him, he was furious. However, he restrained himself. He went home, gathered his friends and Zeresh, his wife, and boasted about all his wealth and his children and his promotions and how he had become a great hotshot. Remember, he was second to the king here. Greatest man of the kingdom next to the king. He delivered his punchline. Yes, and Esther the queen invited me and the king to this banquet tomorrow. And I'm going to go again tomorrow. But look at this. But yet he added, all of this is nothing when I see Mordecai the Jew sitting there in front of his gate refusing to bow. I don't care. It infuriates me. Well, his wife said, get ready a 75-foot gallows and hang him. And in the morning, ask the king to hang Mordecai. Now, here's two things running now. Mordecai doesn't know it, but he, ain't even, he don't even know about it. He's going to get killed tomorrow. No, you're not. And when it's done, you can go on your merry way to the banquet. Boy, Haman was so excited. Here we are, chapter 6. That night, look at this, the king had trouble sleeping. He decided to read a while. He ordered the historical records. Ah, there was no historical records. Yes, there were. Wow. Of his kingdom from the library. And in them, he came across an item telling how Mordecai had exposed the plot of those two assassins. Two of the king's units, the watchmen of the palace, uh, two of the king's units, watchmen in the palace who had plotted to assassinate him. Now look at this. This I just think this is so great. What reward did we ever give Mordecai for this? Anyway, his court helpers there said, well, nothing. Hey, who's on duty outside? The king inquired. Now it happened. Hey man! Now why do you think that happened? Man, the Lord had all this set up. Hey man had to be walking down the hall. Hey, Haman's out there. Hey, bring Haman in here. Just as he arrived in the outer court of the palace, he asked the king to hang, no, just as he arrived in the outer court of the palace to ask the king to hang Mordecai from the gallows. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, the, cur the courtiers replied to the king, Haman's out there. Hey, bring him in, the king said. So Haman came in. The king said, what should I do to honor a man who truly pleases me? Haman thought, whom would he want to honor other than me? So he said, oh, bring out the royal robes. The king himself is ruined. Bring out the king's horse, the royal crown, and struck one of the king's most noble princes to robe the man and lead him through the streets. <laughs> oh, mercy. On his own, shout before him, this is the way the king honors those who truly please him. And notice this, the king says, hey, good idea. Hurry, get my robes and do what you said and, and give it to Mordecai. Oh, man, golly. Give it to Mordecai the Jew, who works as the chancellor. Follow every detail you see. Oh, boy, Haman took the robes, put them on Mordecai, mounted him on the king's, and here we go, shouting, this is the way the king, oh, mercy. Afterwards, Mordecai returned home, but Haman hurried home, utterly humiliated. Now, look at that next verse. Look at it. This is why you read your Bible, and you go, well, that's a forever statement. When Haman told his wife and all his friends what happened, they said, if Mordecai is a Jew, now remember the New Testament says we're engrafted in, we're Jews too. Otherwise, I'm tired of reading these Old Testament stories. They're not for us. Oh, yes, they are. If he's a Jew, 
you'll never succeed in your plans against him. To continually oppose him will be fatal. Yep. Well, remember the banquet's still on. Oh, boy. When they were still discussing it, the king's messengers, hey, hey man, come on, break it up. You've got to be in with the, with the king and the queen. Oh, no. Here's where it falls apart. So the king and Haman, they came to Esther's banquet. Again, during the wine course, the king says, Now, darling, look, please. Are we going to eat dinner tomorrow night? <laughs> What's your petition? What do you want? Whatever it is, I'll give it to you. At last, Queen Esther replied, If I have won your favor, and if it please your majesty, save my life and the lives of all my people. The king was like, What? What? Let's read it. For I and my people have been sold to those who destroy us. We are doomed to destruction and slaughter. Now remember, think when? February 28th, about nine months from now. If we were just going to be sold as slaves, perhaps I could remain quiet, even though then there would be an incalculable damage to the king that no amount of money could recover. What are you talking about, the king says. He, look at that, he demanded. Boy, you, you got to put the personality in it. He was mad. Who would dare touch you? Oh, look at this. Esther said, this wicked man, hey man. She knew that he was after her uncle. And because of his hatred for her uncle, he wanted all Jews everywhere. Man. Haman grew pale with fright before the king. The king jumped up and he went to the palace guard. Man, he got so mad he went outside. Well, look what happens. So anyway, uh, yeah. So then Haman stood up to plead for his wife to Queen Esther. He knew he was doomed. Man, he's this. Ugh. In despair, he fell upon the couch. The couch? Come on. There's always couches where the kings are. Okay. Where Queen Esther was reclined, just as the king returned from the palace garden. Will he even rape the queen right here in the palace? Boy, <laughs> this guy's in trouble. Before my very eyes, the king roared. Instantly, the death veil was put on Haman's face. Oh, man. Then Harbana, one of the king's aides, says, Sir Haman just ordered a 75-foot gallow to hang Mordecai. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? And there's Queen, Ves uh, uh, Queen who, uh, Esther, and she's going, For my uncle? Not hardly. And her husband, the king's like, Well, we're going to hang you on it. Wow, to hang Mordecai. Uh, who saved the king from assassination. That's what the aides said. Hang Haman on it, the king ordered. So they did. Wow. And then it was pacified. Now, we're running out of time. We don't need to keep going here. But uh, I want to... Uh, uh, let me go just a little more. On that same day, he gave the estate of Haman... <laughs> the, the, wow. He gave it to Queen Esther. Then Mordecai was brought before the king... For Esther had told the king that he was her cousin and foster father. Oh, man, he's like, wow, we're just one happy family, aren't we? <laughs> the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and he gave it to Mordecai. Mercy. Now, we don't have time to do it, but we'll do it some other time. It makes, another, it makes a great message here. Okay, guess what's on? The Jews around the whole world, they're not out of hot water yet. Guess what? Because the order's been hanged on every... It's all posted everywhere. Everybody's going to be killed on the 28th of February. This next two chapters, the king changes the order, and you've got to put it on the next mule going out of town. 
<laughs> He's got to get there and then it's got to get disseminated. And all it said was the king says, stop the order and give Jews full permission to fight back. And boy, they did. They fought back on that day. There were still some people that didn't like the Jews. They wanted them killed anyway. But let me show you how the wrap-up is on this. Now remember, oh, see that's the end of it right there. Okay. So anyways, the king of Hasseras had not laid tribute on the mainland on the other islands, his great deeds, and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai and the honors given him by the king are written in the book of the Chronicles of the King's Soul. Look at that. There's another book. It's got these details. Mordecai, the Jew, was the prime authority next to the king himself. What happened to Haman? You and I are all destined to go up everywhere. He was, of course, a look at this. He was, a, of course, a very great... Uh, he was very great among the Jews. No, no, look how short that chapter 3 is. That's it. He, of course, excuse me, was very great among the Jews and respected uh, all, by all his countrymen because he did his best for, for the people and was a friend of those in the court. I mean, that's, that's a very small chapter right there. But anyway, we're, we're running out of time. So what do you get out of that? I don't care what you're going through. The Lord's going to keep you safe. He's going to protect you. Our focus is what Mordecai did and what Esther did. They knew how to pray. They're like, oh. Well, you just get everybody to pray. I'm just going to just trust the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, if we're not feeling good, whatever. Oh, 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 no worries. You'll take care of that. You made our bodies. You'll fix them. Same thing's true financially. We're having trouble financially. You will fix that. Praise the Lord. Look at these fellas working in lower positions, and all of a sudden they get promoted. Thank you, Lord. Oh, if it's something we've not even mentioned, but it's something on our heart, and it's just we've got a, we have a problem, no matter what it is. Lord, we just thank you, great or small, you'll fix it, and we just thank you for it. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go out and make records and tell others what you've done in our life. For us, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.